Right, ready to go? One, two, three, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Cool, right, let's get going. New season. Same old sh- pod. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunting Bugle, the number one place to get your kinetic fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. I'm Mike Booth. And I'm Dan McLennan. After a quiet few weeks, it's all going off for Brunton Park. Fixtures, cup draws, new kits, new sponsors and yes, new players. We talk about the big games next season, shirts that divide opinions and the striker, the midfielder and the holy keeper on this week's episode. Just about fitted all that in, I think, in the end. It's a bit of a bit of a rush to finish at the end there. Um, yeah, we've actually got stuff to talk about this week, haven't we, guys? It's a mm-hmm. nice little change of uh, pace, it's fair to say. Um, how are you both doing? Yeah, good. It's yeah, it's starting to you know get looking forward to the new season now, rather than sort of dwelling on the old one so much. It's very weird. It's like Simo said it, it isn't it? Normally, you already know the fixtures for a good couple of weeks, don't you? By the time they're back in training, but actually, it's second day of training. Fixtures mm. are out, aren't they? So it's quite exciting, really, having all these things happening at, at once. So we can all start getting our plans in place and getting all our calendars done. Dan, you shared me a lovely uh, diagram you've done of all the. I think it's England. Uh, Hamburg and Carlisle fixtures for next season. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful colour spread. Yeah, I need to do one of them myself actually as well. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll get straight into it anyway. Uh, as 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 we said in previous weeks, uh, once again this season, the podcast is going to be sponsored by the Cal United Sports Club London branch. The London branch is open to all Cal United fans. Got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston, Singapore, of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips as well as arranging many social events, sports games and fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too. You can find out more about the London Branch at their website, carlislelondonbranch.org. They've got a good first month, haven't they, in terms of uh, fixtures in the London Branch? Uh, we'll touch on that a bit later, but free, free Southwest games, basically, in the Southeast, sorry, games in the... I'll go and say, no Southwest. None at all this year, is there? Unless you so, want to count I'm, Newport. I'm thoroughly yeah. expecting Penzance or Truro in the first round of the FA Cup. <laughs> just, just to make up for it, just to make up for it, there you go. Well, let's get right into it. We've got a lot to cover. We've got, let's start with the signings first, shall we? This is exciting. So, um, so yeah, uh, not long after we recorded, I think it was a day or two after, wasn't it, Dan? They, um, we, we found out what our new keeper is going to be for this season. First choice, we presume. And, uh, well, you can't miss him, can you? I think it's fair to say. <laughs> Big Thomas Holy. Tom, is it Thomas? 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 It'll be Tom, Tomash. Tomas. Tomas, right, Tomas. Yes, of course. Tomas Hurley, 29-year-old Czech-born keeper. He's uh, signed on a two-year deal after being released by Ipswich Town. Um, began his career at Sparta Prague in his uh, home country. I think he only played for the B team there, though, didn't he? He had loan spells at Vlashim, uh, Victoria, Vizkov, uh, Fastav Zlin. I think I've got them all right for once, actually. Um, and then he, he moved over to England, joined Gillingham, had a couple of years there. Then he moved to Ipswich Town, had a couple of years there. Also had loan spells at Cambridge United and Port Vale last season. Um, tallest player in the EFL, that's the other big thing that stands out. Six foot nine inches tall. Um, there was a video on the official site outlets yesterday of them in the gym. Um, Paul Simpson just sort of stood in the mi- middle of the kneel 
and he walks past him and if you pause it when he's level with Paul Simpson, I think he comes up to basically his his nipple line <laughs> and you yeah. and you're like, He is big. I mean, Tyson Fury is big and I think Hawley is two inches taller than Tyson yeah. Fury. Yeah, That's two inches taller than Peter Crouch as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's a big lad. That's the size we're talking. Yeah, he's a big lad and he's um yeah, so he's uh interesting signing isn't it really it's one one of the ones that we were talking about as a rumour last time I think so we we, we got that one right um, yeah he, he seems to have done really well when he was at Gillingham didn't play as much for Ipswich and loan spells by all accounts did quite well at Cambridge when he was on loan there not so well at Port Vale but I think he was brought in more of a, as an emergency there wasn't he uh, what's your thoughts on this one then Dan I think at Ipswich he's probably suffered because Ipswich have been a bit of a basket case on the yeah. side, certainly mm. on the field. They've gone through managers, they've gone through players. I think he's came in, he's played a bit, and then he's been swapped around, he's in and out, you know, as they've changed managers. Um, maybe a little bit victim of circumstance, sir. Yeah, I think, and I think as well, you've got to remember, Ipswich Town is a big club in League One. And oh, yeah. shouldn't shouldn't really be in League One. And there's a lot of pressure on you there as a, as a player, basically, if you go there, especially when you've come from a a smaller club, so mm. that may be an issue. I mean, we've had this before with the keepers where, you know, you're worried about, you know, whether they can have a presence or anything, Mike. He should have a presence on crosses and stuff like that, shouldn't he, really, that size? Yeah, and I'm glad that we brought him in so early as well, so he's got a chance to really, you know, get used to his defence in front of him. Um, one thing that I have noticed is relatively interesting. Well, I think we've got a trialist keeper looking by the photos, but um, Gabe Breeze is the number 13 shirt, mm. which is often a second-choice keeper shirt. Um, so will we be getting in another keeper or, or not, is the question. Well, was, was it you, Mike, that, as well, that spotted that Gabe Breeze seems to have uh, gained a couple of inches as well over the summer? Yeah, I, I mean, he's a good 6'5", I'd say. Yeah, I think Simon's a little bit shorter. I think he might be quite mobile as well, though. But uh, Simon's obviously number 21 in the new squad. Now, I don't it? think he's that much shorter. Is he not? Is he shot up a bit as well? I, I, I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's about six two, six three. You know. Well, there you go. Three, three big lads we've got then as a as goal. I mean, you expect goalkeepers to be big, don't you? I suppose. But um, but yeah, no. I mean, the, the one thing that really stands out with with Holy as well is a lot of comments from fans of the club saying what a good character he was as well. And Simo has made that point as well, hasn't he? That you know he's someone who he's, he'll be a good voice in the dressing room too, and he he seems very keen to move here and you know and make a life up here as well during his two years with, or at least two years with the club and I think potentially he could be one of those people who could be a cult hero in uh, years to come couldn't he mm-hmm. definitely uh, he drives a check plated car so that's, yeah. that's that's cult status already in my book you'll spot him not around that I'm town, stalking <laughs> not that I'm stalking or anything but you know yeah. what I'm like I, I notice things yeah from your your bushes in the training ground um, in the bushes sh- surely you need nice. some kind of like special carb in that been that tall like, <laughs> you know oh. like I, I, I'm i 6'2 and I struggle in quite a lot of cars like maybe he does maybe he does um, but yeah no, that it's good to have that position tied down though isn't it obviously there was concern when Mark Howard left and I think it's a pretty able replacement I think it's fair to say he's got a decent kick on him as well so uh, yeah it should be a useful outlet uh, next up and this is another one that was rumoured and uh, well I say rumoured it's been known for about three or four weeks that he's coming in isn't it and I think Simmer actually admitted this in his interview that it had been agreed for a while, but we had to wait for Fulham to to give the sign off to say, "Yep, you can announce it now." Um, Sonny Hilton, 
has joined on a season-long loan from Premier League side Fulham. The 21-year-old midfielder, winger, um, yeah, he began his career in Tramley Rovers' academy. Uh, had a trial with uh, Fulham, I think about the age of 14, 15. Signed for them. Um, he's uh, He's been in the England youth setup. He was actually part of, in- of Simo's England under-19 side for, for a while. Um, had a loan spell at Finnish side TPS Turku. Um, I think it was the last season, possibly. Or maybe the season before. Um, seems to be someone who's very well thought of. I think he was... Was he up for player of the season in Premier League 2 last season, Dan? I Premier probably. League 2, second division player of the season. That's it, yes. New, new, uh, Fulham got promoted. And I yeah. think... Did they, they get close to the final in the, the Premier League 2 Cup as well, I think? I think so, yeah. I think he got something like... Was it nine goals and 12 assists? Or maybe the other way around, even? Yeah, it was, was pretty field, much double right, figures yeah. for both. Yes, I mean... He, he strikes me as a very sight. I mean, you, you said the other day to me, Dan, didn't you? You compared him to Callum O'Hare, didn't you? I think you felt he was a similar sort of player. Yeah, um, I remember when Stephen Presley bought Callum O'Hare in, and he basically said, "Look, this this lad's a player. We've done well to get him, and I, I think we all, I think we only got O'Hare because Presley had been doing work at Villa, so they were comfortable yeah. in coming." Um, Paul Simpson's had Hilton in his under-19 squad at England level, hence how he knows him. And I, I think that's probably quite reassuring for these uh, bigger clubs. That, yeah. You know, and when we go on to the next one in a minute, he's also worked with Paul Simpson. There's a bit mm-hmm. of a, a common theme starting to uh, yeah. occur. And I think with Hilton, Fulham going up is a good thing yeah. because I don't think he's Premier League ready. Mm-hmm. He, he could go Championship and League One, maybe only for 20 games, but he's going to feature more weeks for us, isn't he? Even but if I think, he doesn't... I, th- I think as as well as that, though, I think League Two is a tougher physically league yeah. than League, league One. So, like, I think what Fulham will want for him is for him to toughen up physically because he, he's not the biggest lad, is he? Yeah. Well, I do wonder with these ones as well, sometimes people are looking for, oh, why is he dropping a nice level? But I think you also look at it, he hasn't gone anywhere until the age of 21. This is his first loan spell. So most players go out 18, 19, don't they? So he's second. going out. Yeah, so he. Oh, sorry. You know, yeah, you know what I mean. Second EFL, basically, loan. So it's it's different, isn't it? I, I wonder if it's one of these ones because he's a small lad. I mean, he's smaller than Simo. I want to see him stood next to Thomas Hurley because that'll be hilarious <laughs> as well. But he, he's, he's shorter than Simo. And I wonder if maybe he's just even they've been waiting to grow a little bit more, maybe. That's why they've been protecting him almost. And. Like I said, I think you're right. I, absolutely, I think it, it's going to be a case of they want him to be out there and playing every week, basically, don't they? I mean, do you think, Mike, this might herald the change in formation, possibly? Because he seems to be a number 10. I know he can play as a winger as well, but it suggests maybe that's what we're looking to do next season. Yeah, I mean, I think Simo said, I think, I'm not sure if he explicitly said it, but reading between the lines of something he said last season was that that three at the back system was more make and do with what he inherited rather than... Yeah. The way forward for us, um, but yeah, if if he sort of plays as a ten, I know Simo maybe like sort of playing with sort of two number eights. Uh, maybe he could do that. I don't know. We'll we'll see. He might not even know right now exactly what system he wants to play. It might depend on what players are av- are available and go yeah. from there. Yeah, or true. or he could have two or three in mind depending on situation. Yeah, yeah that's, that's 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 very you true. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it, for a manager though, Dan, to to. to train a, a team to play in two different ways because you work so closely on one set way, mm-hmm. don't you? It's a challenge. Um, 
Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. Interesting that um, uh, Gab Sutton on on Twitter. Anyone who doesn't follow me is a bit of a EFL expert on there, isn't he? And he he tweeted a guy who covers the club in Finland that he went on loan to. That's what he was like, and they really rated him and said he's got a, you know fantastic first touch and you really play some nice stuff. And uh, he seems to just actually he, he played at uh, wing back for them a lot as well. Actually, so it could be an option as well, possibly. Mm. I've always got a bit of respect for any young player prepared to go abroad on a loan as well. You oh, know, definitely. Young, young lads away from home first time sort of thing. And it, it tells you that they're probably slightly more hardened than yeah. certainly some some of the mm. ones, you know, that we, we had last season, for example. But Peter Crouch did that at the start of his career, didn't he? He went to Sweden, didn't mm. he, I think, for a long Les, Les Ferdinand did as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And someone, someone else went to Iceland at the start of the career. I remember who it is. There's someone who's possibly been with us at some point. Ben Marshall, he went to Iceland, didn't he? I'm sure at the start of his career, possibly. I seem to remember. But there you go. To show you sometimes, it, different different routes for different players, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I, I, I feel like he, he's potentially a real a real fine for a Sonny Hilton, isn't he? And interesting to see how quickly he settles in. But he, he seems to have the ability at the very least. So hopefully that'll make a difference. It wasn't Ben Marshall. Was it not? Oh, I'm thinking of someone no. else completely then, probably. But I, seem to remember, I seem to remember we've had a player on loan who had a loan spell in Iceland as well at some point. But uh, they, David Atkinson went to Iceland. It's probably not the same player I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, final signing. Uh, we've got a striker in. We've got our number nine for next season. And it's Ryan Edmondson at the about third or fourth time of asking, by all accounts. <laughs> He's been linked with us God knows how many times, hasn't he? And uh, you, you mean our special relationship with Leeds? <laughs> some of them two youngsters didn't work. No, yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? We finally <coughs> actually got one. It's you know, who would have thought it? You know, new season, no name mentioned. What name? You mean <laughs> exactly that one? <laughs> yes, we're not. Well, we, well, we might briefly mention his name later when we talk about the kits because we've got a, a run to have about that. Right. There you go. But yeah, so it's Ryan Edmondson. He signed twenty-one-year-old striker on a, a permanent deal from Leeds United. There was some. Initial thought it was going to be a loan spell, but no, it's a permanent deal, a free transfer, a two-year contract. I think there's a uh, a sell-on clause that's been inserted into that, basically, in case he does really well and we flog him on in the future. But um, but yeah, he's, he's someone that was very well thought of at Leeds, isn't he? He, um, he didn't actually start out at Leeds United. He started out at York City, and he was actually York's third youngest ever player when he made his one appearance for them. Uh, but he was clearly a player who was destined for bigger things, and Leeds snapped him up. He then went out on loan to Aberdeen. He had a spell at Northampton Town, one at Fleetwood Town, and then at Port Vale. And then last season, now mixed mixed uh, luck in those spells. I think it's fair to say, Dan. Some some of them better, some not so good. From memory, he got a bad injury when he was at Aberdeen. Yes, so he, he did. Didn't he feature did. very much. Yeah, I think he did okay when he actually was starting for them. I think he got yeah, that yeah. feature much. Northampton, I'm not sure how well it went there for him. Um, Fleetwood, the loan was ended early because he just wasn't getting enough game time. And obviously went on loan to Port Vale last season and, and he was part of their side that um, won promotion to, to League 2, Mike, wasn't he, through the playoffs? And, and their fans speak really highly of him, don't they? Even though he only scored like, what, two or three goals for them, they seem to think yeah. he's, he's a real fine for us. Yeah, and a lot of their fans were saying you know, that they would have been happy to see him go back there this season. Um, and yeah, he's apparently really combative and apparently he played in quite a few different positions for them last season as mm. well, which is interesting because he's obviously been signed as like our big number nine, but if he can maybe cause problems sort of a little bit out wide, because you sometimes see that with big strikers where, because quite a few fullbacks at this level are midgets to put it 
bluntly. And if you, <laughs> and, and if you can sort of isolate them against the against your big man up front, um, it can cause them a lot of problems. Yeah, he, he's a big lad, and he's six foot two tall. Um, but by all accounts, he's got a little bit of pace, not like blinding pace, but he's got a bit of a burst pace by him. I wonder if there's slight comparisons of like a a much better version of Ryan Loft because Ryan Loft was kind of like that, wasn't he? He was a big lad, probably not the best in the air to be fair, but he actually was fairly mobile for his size. I wonder if maybe we're getting a much better version of him coming in, and he's a player who's still maybe learning. But once again, as you mentioned, Dan, that England and nineteen connection has helped, hasn't it? Because he was part of Samoa's setup for that as well, and by all accounts, he had better offers elsewhere financially in terms of position in the leagues as well but he's chose to come here because he's worked under Simmer before and he enjoyed working under him yeah uh, as, as I alluded to when we were talking about Sonny Hilton there he, uh, he's been in, in the under 19 squads under Simpson uh, I saw a couple of thought I think it was a bit of shade to Charlie Wyke about this mm. I don't know if he'll maybe hopefully well hopefully he will be but I don't think he's as out-and-out prolific type of striker as White, but I think he's certainly got to bring something we haven't got. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm, I'm trying to think of the word to... He's not Shaw Silver, sort of. He's probably a cross between a Shaw Silver and maybe Dennis, sort of in between, Mm. if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to play. He's going to come in. Maybe he'll suddenly become that player like a White because White didn't score that many before he came to us. Um, maybe he'll become that player who scores goals. But like I said, what I look at it is you've got players around him like Gibson and Patrick who can really do that sort of thing as well. Yeah. They can chip in the goals as well. Maybe Dennis might benefit from playing alongside him too. And, and Hilton picking I was up uh, just saying to you earlier on WhatsApp as well, uh, he's just turned 21 last month. He's already played 78 games. Mm. You know, that's roughly 25 a year for three years since becoming pro on average. There's, that, that's a good a good starting point. You know, he's he's got his permanent move. He's going to be settled for two years. Now's a chance, chance and time to kick on sort of thing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully he can do that. And, you know, if he gets his big move at the end of the first season because he has a brilliant season... We're not going to complain, are we? Because we'll have probably done quite well out of it. So, mm. you know, that's the way it works sometimes. It, um, it wouldn't surprise me as well if, out of Abraham's um, show, Silver and Dennis, if we were to offload one or two and get another striker in as well. Yeah, possibly. Uh, um, Abraham's has lost his squad number. Yeah, I was interested mm. in that, wasn't it? That was, Abraham could, be got, nothing, could be nothing in it, but if, if your number has gone when you return, you would you'll be miffed. Yeah, mm. possibly. We'll, we'll add that Abraham's is still off because obviously his season only finished a couple of weeks back. Yeah, so he's, I think he might have at least an extra week, possibly, you'd think. And I, I know I saw some people saying, oh, if I was fighting for my career, I want to come back thinking, God, the lad's going to have a break at some point, hasn't he? Mm. You can't burn him out, basically. So I don't think Tim will look any less at him than that. To be honest, I wouldn't be amazed if his agent was trying to find him a deal elsewhere anyway, to be honest. So I wouldn't be uh, totally shocked if he ended up leaving. Uh, yeah, but I think that pretty much wraps up the... Uh, the signing section, doesn't it? I think overall we're all pretty happy with those three, aren't we? Really, so yeah. far. There's there's murmurs that there might be another one coming. You know, I mean, I'd be so annoyed if one signs on Friday morning after we do often this. sign either while we're recording or immediately after. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 
ridiculous, but there you go. <laughs> um, right, well, uh, just before we get on to the, talking about fixtures, um, one more little bit. Uh, a few trialists are in the door. We don't we don't know the names. If you want to go and have a look on the official website, there's a lot of pictures of them there. You might be able to have a guess at it. Um, well, we're not going to lie. We, we do know some of the names. Yeah. But, but uh, we're, we're not going to speculate. No, you you can go there and have a look. For once, we're gonna we're gonna let you have the game and all the fun there. Basically, trying to work out who they are. Um, one player we do know who's there is effectively on trial is Jamie Devitt. He's returned to preseason training, looking to prove his fitness, isn't he, to show that he's uh, fit enough to um, get a contract for next season. One name that has been mentioned as a potential trialist. He's he's not in any of the pictures on the official website, so we can talk about this. An interesting one, Dan, isn't it? Is Nathan Thomas? has been mentioned, hasn't he? As possibly coming back to train with the club in pre-season. Yeah, his name seemed to fly about the other week, didn't it? Uh, mm. He didn't play last season at all. He was he was out with most of it through uh, injury. Yeah. And uh, if fit, and obviously not on the kind of way he was on at Sheffield United, potential. But No harm in looking. No, no, no certainly not. Certainly not. Uh, we all know he's got ability that's way too good for this level. So, mm. so yeah, just just depends on his fitness levels, doesn't it? So that'll be an interesting one. To see whether anything comes of that one. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. Right, we're well, talk fixtures then. Before we get on to the uh, the EFL and uh, cup fixtures for this season, just one more friendly fixture being confirmed. Uh, for, we're playing against Scottish Club Dan. How exciting! It's behind closed doors. <laughs> At a neutral location. Yes, which I think is basically because we're doing a training camp somewhere in Scotland that week, basically, yeah. aren't we? So we're playing Greenock Morton on Tuesday, the 12th of July. Kickoff to be confirmed. It'll be a daytime kickoff, probably. Yeah, we'll be find out the details afterwards. So, so, yeah. There is still a gap, isn't there, between um, the Bolton and Morecambe games that needs to be filled with a match. So interesting to see what on happens with that. Tuesday the 19th, correct? Yeah, we had some theories on this. which There, we'll there was a set. theory that came from someone I know that suggested it could be one of the under 23 teams and they were awaiting the draw for the EFL trophy today sorry under 21 now a lot of people won't realise the under 23's league PL2 is becoming under 21 league uh, which is in line with the trophy I think they're still allowed to play 6 over age players so it's a complete waste of time pointless you know, there's there's been a slight move back. Let's be honest, if you're twenty three year old and still playing in an academy, you need you need to be yeah. having a look at yourself the, the, really. There's mm. only a few exceptions that get away with that. Someone like a Scott yeah, McTominay yeah. basically, or you know, yeah, Jesse Lingard, yeah. maybe they they've got away in the past, but there you go. Um so yeah, let's get on to fixtures then. Um it's finally arrived, fixtures day, so we can start planning for the new campaign. Um First of all, we've been put in a group with Barrow, Fleetwood and Man United under twenty ones in the EFL trophy, and that's the last you'll hear about that from us this season. There you go. It's got its mention. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll be fair. We we will mention it, but... No detail. <laughs> if drawing Man United's kids lures you from a boycott, don't talk to me. Yeah, 100%. The, we the come, annoying we... thing is, I actually have uh, a group of mates who follow Man United home and away. Hmm. They're, they're from Manchester area. Yeah. And uh, they actually follow their, their under-21 team as well. And as soon as it was drawn, I had one on the phone and another one texting, and they're, they're coming up for it. And I was like, I'll come to Beehive and meet you for a pint. I said, but I am not going in that ground. Good man. I said, I'll be on the flood bank for an exit, you know, something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly that. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's the EFL trophy. League Cup draw. Um, oh, we were so close to getting Wigan away. 
so close. We were in the last six, I think, weren't we? I think, and unfortunately, we didn't. We're going to travel to Shrewsbury Town, so it's a chance to uh, avenge. I think, if you want to put it that way, the FA Cup performance last season when we got beat by them in the second round, and they ended up drawing Liverpool the next round. <laughs> Yeah, I just remembered that. I'd completely forgotten the Liverpool bit until I started talking. Then I was like, oh, yeah, that's who they got, didn't they? Uh, yeah, so Shrewsbury away. So nice, easy one for me. An hour and a half drive down the road um, for that. Uh, but let's get on to the league fixtures then, guys. Do you want to run through some of these, Dan? Some key dates here. Some interesting ones, isn't there? Some, uh, the, 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 the start looks quite nice, doesn't it, in terms of difficulty? Famous last words. Running <laughs> looks a little bit more difficult, though, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, look at the draw. We got a home home game to start. Crawley Town. As Paul Simpson, sorry, yeah, sorry uh, as Paul Simpson said in his interview today, you know, when you've just got a date, it's just a date. When you've got a fixture, it's it's something to, to yeah. you know, set yourself up towards. Which is true for fans as well. You know, I mean, we, we've got friendlies, but it's it's not the same. Interesting one, though, isn't it, Crawley? Because we, we played them on the opening day a few years ago uh, when Presley was manager, wasn't it? His first full, well, after his first summer of uh, pre-season. Um, beat them 2-1 in that game, I seem to remember. McCurdy and Scoogle maybe got the other goal, I think, I think in that match. Awesome, um, yeah. Yes, he's going back a bit, that, isn't it? Scoogle and McCurdy playing for us back then. That's only, I say going back a bit, it's only three years ago, and that's how different we are now. Um, yeah, reasonably happy in terms of uh, difficulty in that, with that opening game, I think it's fair to say. Uh, and then up next, we oh, trip to Colchester away, first away game. Mm. It's out the way, isn't it? That's, that's the way yeah. to look at it, basically. It's it's, it's one of the, the few I need to do, the new ground at Colchester. Obviously, I went to Lear Road a couple of times, and I've, I've not managed to do Colchester yet. I've got no chance in uh, Saturday in the middle of August. No, I'm, I'm not. I certainly won't be doing it either, so it's, mm. uh, it's not going to be happening. Uh Boxing Day. It's a repeat, isn't it? Of, uh, is it? Again, the same from that season when we played Crawley at home on the opening day. That season we played Bradford City at home on Boxing Day and we've got that again, haven't we? It's not, it's not a bad time to get that though, is it really? In terms of the gate receipts at the very least, Mike, they're going to bring a big following, aren't they? Yeah, you would think so. think so. Yeah, yeah but it's one of them. And we often take more to other clubs than they bring to us, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, this is sort of on a bit of a tangent here, but I think it could be an interesting season this season with, like, the cost of living crisis and all the rest of it. I think Gates will struggle, and obviously the cost mm. of fuel, you know, it's all it's all crazy. I mean, we, we've always taken more fans to a lot of teams than they've brought to us, but I think this season could be, you know, massively like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, other Christmas games... Crew away. Well, at least it's not a New Year's Day for once, isn't it? That's, that's the whole yeah, boxing day. It's, it's a Thursday night, I think. Yeah, but you can't get back on the train. No, it's not possible. I, I don't it? think it's we've not. had crew at three o'clock on a Saturday since that one that was called <laughs> off. No. I, mean, I it's genuinely annoying. can't think of one. Yeah, it's annoying because there was a late night train, wasn't there, from Manchester to Carlisle? I seem to remember that. Or I imagined that. That you maybe could have got, but I think that might have disappeared now. Or my finger the other way around, it was from Carlisle to, to Manchester, possibly. You'll know that from your tra- wide train knowledge, I would have thought. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But no. um, yeah, so New Year's Day, we're away at Doncaster. Which I'm quite happy about because I want to go to that one, so that definitely gives me an excuse to do something on New Year's Day at the very least. So uh, that's a decent one. Uh, Good Friday, Tranmere at home. Uh, Easter Monday, Walsall away. Interesting, that, 
we played Walsall away on Good Friday last season. So it's a bit annoying yeah. that we're just playing them over the Easter weekend each time. Uh, final home game is against Salford. And then on the final day, we're away at Sutton, uh, which is a bit of a pain because they don't have the best away end. But I think their new away end... There's work already going on there, yeah. Yeah, I think they all have a new away end built by then. So it should be a bit, bit of a better view at the very least. One hopefully. one little thing that stood out for me was we got Stockport home and away on a Tuesday, which is a bit, a bit yeah. disappointing. Mm. Somewhere we haven't one, been for a while. I mean, normally I mean, it's Cheltenham, isn't it, or something like that? Yeah. But, yeah. Grim, Grimsby and Mansfield away on Tuesday night, no problem. You know, they're, they're nothing special. But Stockport, you know, just we haven't been there for a while. It would have been a, a good one. But as well, clubs like them who are sort of on the up a bit, they're more likely to bring a few fans to us than your sort of Mansfields, you know what I mean? Mm, mm. It's frustrating, isn't it, really? Because you could, yeah, we're probably not going to have as big an away following from Stockport for that game, so we have to go in for something. We also expect the battle will move to one o'clock because if England are doing well at the World Cup and they've won the yeah. group, it's uh, quarter final day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the England's World Cup quarter final at seven o'clock, so we would imagine it would be one o'clock, so they can get rid of all the Barrow fans by half three, four, and uh, be ready for an England match, hopefully. Yeah, that's, that's the hope, isn't it? So, yeah, we, we fully expect the Barrow game is going to get moved. It's fine by me, really, to be honest. Still, uh, it'll be in, it'll probably save a bit of money actually as well with it being early because they won't have to put the floodlights on if it's a one o'clock kickoff. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. I don't know, in mid-December. Yeah, that's true, actually, to be fair. It'd probably be getting dark towards 3 o'clock, won't it? So yeah. maybe maybe even make it a midday kickoff. I wouldn't be amazed if they did that to avoid the pubs being open at all. One one that will stand out for a few folk, uh, Wimbledon away, a new yeah. ground. AFC mm. Wimbledon in their new ground, uh, 11th of February. Yeah, L- London game's always popular. As it stands, that is a game that both me and Mike are going to be able to go to, isn't it, Mike? Mm-hmm. Currently. Yes. So it's and it's a new one for for both of us, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Actually, that should be a good one. I mean, as I mentioned at the start, when you look at the fixture, I mean, I know people are saying, "Oh, why do you talk about them? you know you you're going to play them whenever, aren't you?" Really, but it, it can make a difference to your season having a decent, you know, a, a much easier running or a tougher, you know, a tougher running or an easier start that kind of thing. And when you look at it, look at the, the first. I'm looking at the first run of games we've got here. We got we start off at home against Crawley. Away at Colchester, and they're two teams that you wouldn't expect to be up near the top this season. Mm. So, not too bad to start. Swindon home. Yeah, they had a great season last season, but they took a month to appoint their assistant coach who has no first-team management experience as their new head coach. Which suggests to me, I think they may struggle a bit this season. I think I mean, last season was a really good start for them, but I've, I can't see them doing quite as well, maybe. Maybe I'm... It's really harsh. hard to call at the minute, isn't it? I mean, it is, it is. So and it, wait just, a few weeks until all the signings are Yeah, it's just that appointment just makes me think that. Um, yeah. Then you've got Grimsby away. Obviously, they're riding on a bit of a crest of a wave, so you might think they might do well. Stevenage away, shouldn't be that tough. Gilligan have to traipse all the way up to Cumbria on the Easter weekend. They probably won't join that as much. Rochdale home, Harrogate away. The first real test for me is Mansfield away when I look through them. That's the first one that makes me stand out makes me go, well, that might be tough. Really, and that's what mid-September so now you got an opening run of you know we, we, I wouldn't say we play any of the promotion favourites in that opening eight or nine games mm. which is not a bad really run to have is it when you think about I it I wouldn't say we play any until mid-October do you know you're not um, trying to look here Doncaster, yeah, Doncaster and Stockport possibly possibly yeah then you've got Tramere. Newport are often knocking about up there though 
Yeah. Mm. They've, they've just signed someone though that we'll mention later. So, <laughs> um, looking down now towards the end of the season, the running. That's the bit that stands out to me as that could be tough. The last month of April, especially. So I mean, I'm looking. Obviously, you've got Orient away, never an easy place to go. Then you've got Tranmere home, Walsall away, who've by all accounts got their money bound in the season. Um, then you run your final run of three home games: Northampton home, Stockport home, and Salford at home. Not easy, but what I would say is we're playing them at home. We're not playing them away. If we're playing them away, I'd be more worried. If we're up there. Yeah, you know it'll, they, it'll they be a busy, it. busy ground. Yeah, in, in fact, if we were up there, I'd do a free game, free game ticket offer. Yeah, definitely. If we're if we're like if we're teetering like fourth or fifth place, pushing for third and second, then definitely you'd do that, wouldn't you? I mean, if you if you're up and in first place, you probably won't need to do a ticket offer, will you? Because you'd be getting big crowds anyway. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah, I mean, and then the, the last few games, I think Sutton away is not a bad way to end, other than the fact that you won't get too many tickets, but. Barrow away for the uh, penultimate away game of the season. You're excited about that one, Dan, aren't you? Because you think that that's a chance for us to win promotion and relegate them in the same game. <laughs> Your words, Dan. I don't know. You know, I've got them on record now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no, that's that, that's certainly an interesting one to mention, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I think overall, I mean, there's always going to be things you don't like in there, isn't there? I'm annoyed about the fact that I think I'm possibly missing Tranmere away, my local game, because I'm possibly at a wedding that week and typical time in that but other than that I mean looking for it I think they're all pretty decent to be fair no major issues you know you're gonna some someone's we're gonna have to play someone on a Tuesday night aren't we there's always six games on a Tuesday so just to share I think there's only five is there oh maybe maybe it's less this year one thing as well because, like that. Oh, sorry we've got Grimsby Mansfield and Stockport all away before Christmas Grimsby well, Grim, Grimsby's at Grims, home. In the, yes, you're right. Grimsby Sorry. at home's on a Saturday. It's just right. Mansfield and Stockport. That, yeah. um, that April is quite congested. I think we play seven games in April. And yeah. if there's games that are getting postponed in sort of like March, there's not a lot of space in that April to to put them into. So that yeah. could be interesting. Yeah, it's inter- well, well, there is to be fair actually because you've got the there's normally the, the there's normally a mid- holiday, there's yeah. normally a mid- midweek game in March and there isn't this year, so I wonder yeah. if uh, March is the backup. Yeah, yeah, but actually, when you look at it as well, to be fair, you've got it's mainly because you've got that um, Easter weekend as well that balances out. Basically, you know, you you look and think it's packed, but actually, you've got those two games mm. in quite closer. Thing. But yeah, overall, are we are we pretty happy? Are we are we looking at the games we want to go to? And think, yep, yeah, we can make it to them. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah not bad. Yeah, I'm just annoyed with bloody um, Newport away as well because neither of you, well, one of you is going to be away and one of you doesn't want to do it. So I'm going to be <laughs> traipsing down on my own in my car for that because I have just sort of ticked it off because you've done it down and you never want to go again. Do you, so. Newport's one of those, along with several other grounds. Uh, my only ever interest in returning is if it's. Promotion. To win promotion or the league, yeah. or to stay up or something, you yeah. know, it's exactly, yeah, that's the best way to look at it. Uh, right, well, let's uh, move on then. Uh, we're going to discuss the kits now. A brilliant audio uh, visual uh, feature here, isn't it? Really, you know, for a podcast to talk about how something looks. Um, yeah, so the new kits are out after all this waiting. You know, we didn't get any sneak peeks at all, they they were released at midday on a uh, fixture release day, um, having been shown at the um. Uh, business breakfast, I think it was that morning. Um, 
is it fair to say that none of us are really fans of these kits, Dan? We're 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 all kit connoisseurs, you in particular. <laughs> I bloody hate it. The home kit, especially. I just I think it's awful. My initial reaction was, "What's that?" Now I've looked at it a bit more. The Don't actual, you dare. <laughs> The actual design isn't the worst. It's the colouring that's the annoying part. Yeah. So it's, it's far too dark a blue. So yeah, basically, what it is, the kit is the home kit. Imagine a PSG kit that colour. That's essentially what it is. Isn't it? It's a very dark navy blue, bordering towards black, isn't it? At times. Um, uh, and it's got this weird sort of royal blue dot sort of pattern on it. It looks like when you see a website of like some sort of um, network connect, like online company that does like, you know, internet connections or something like that for businesses. It kind of looks like the background they'd have on one of their pages. That's what it looks like to me. It's kind of a weird sort of blue dotty sort of pattern going down it. And the pattern only goes down the middle chest bit, doesn't it? On the front. Mm. It doesn't cover anywhere else's shirt. If it covered more of the shirt, I'd probably be... A, I'd probably like it a little bit more, but it doesn't. It literally covers that bit. And it's, as you say, Dan, it's the wrong colour of navy. I mean, that, Mike, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I don't like... There's like sort of a weirdish like red collar, and it's the same on like the sleeves as well. And I, I don't like that either. Um, I think, like Dan said, the design... It's not awful. Like, I mean, it's pretty bad. Like, but it's not. It's a training it's kit. Not the basically, yeah, it? it's a training kit. Like, it's it's just the wrong shade of blue for me. Um, I and I know that like... we had that navy shirt a few years ago, but this is thing is if you, just, if you had the you know, if you had the blue sort of dot pattern things over the whole shirt, it would look more royal blue. Mm. And you'd probably say, okay, you know, it's similar to like if you remember the Umbro kit from a few years ago, the first Umbro kit when they came back in twenty. 17 i think it was that had like a very sort of dark navy sort of blue pattern that blended into the, the royal blue didn't it yeah. i like that that was a bit different that was something quite smart i thought this it's, it's too much navy blue i know we had that one in 2012 13 i think it was with the red sash but i, just, I, just, I find it hard to get on board for a really, really i would deep. like here's a little challenge for anyone who's slightly proficient in Photoshop because I, my levels is about <laughs> Windows 95 Clipper D minus. Reverse the kit. So if anyone can reverse a kit, reverse it and send us a picture. So it would be the dark blue. Oh, it's like a honeycomb, isn't it? Yeah. It's a honeycomb. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of a, it's a blue do, dot do honeycomb. Dark, yeah, swap the blues around on the top and let's see what it's like. And I think I would maybe like it a bit more. Yeah, I'm not I saying I'd, I'd love it, but I think I would like it more. I quite mm. like the colour, you know, and I've looked at it again. I like the colour. That's one of the few bits I do actually think looks quite smart in terms of the detail on it. Mm. But, like I said, the honeycomb thing, because it doesn't cover the whole shirt, it drives me mad. It looks weird. It looks like it's just been sort of thrown on there as an extra. If you took that off, I'd probably like the kit more. If it was just the navy blue, I'd go, okay, it's something different for a season. I don't like the colour of the blue, but it's different. I just think the honeycomb's been thrown in there as an extra thing, and it just, oh, I just think it looks crap, to be honest with you. I think cover the whole shirt, it looked better. But yeah, I mean, me and you, Dan, have said for a while that actually having dark coloured socks would be quite smart, like navy or black, didn't we? Before, because that was one of the original kits we had. Was with yeah, I, 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 think, I think certainly there's. It's annoyed me as a bit of a kit connoisseur that we've missed some good anniversaries in recent years. Do you know what I mean? Shadowgate. Yeah, Shadowgate. Uh, 
We could have had a blue and white hooped kit last season because it would be 60 years from our first promotion. Yeah, could have done the same for the the 18th. Instead, we had... Mm. We had the 47th anniversary of being in uh, Division 1. We could have had the but 82 for, kit as well, couldn't we, babe? But for me, like, we, sort of blue, blue and white hoops or whatever, like, some would say it's a bit sort of outside the box and only, you know, teams like QPR or whatever were blue and white hoops, but at least blue is, like, our colour. Like, yeah. y- y- you know, it, changing the colour altogether is a bit too you, out you build, of the box, you, build, really. you build your campaign around a shirt like that. You know, the yeah. history and the significance of it. First ever promotion of the club. Yeah, yeah. it's different, but... I think more people would buy it because it is different. Yeah. For me, this it, it looks like a training kit. And we know what a rear kit are like. The sizes will be wrong and the badge will fall off after about four or five washes because <laughs> it's cause it's ironed on. It's not stitched on because it's cheap, basically. That's essentially mm. what it is with a rear. That's the problem. The, the club get a great deal, but they're, they're cheaply made. They're really poorly made kits, in my opinion. But, but I have to say, the goalkeeper shirts, I am a fan of goalkeeper shirts well, that give you epileptic seizures. And, <laughs> well, 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 come on to them yeah. in a minute, Mike, because I want to talk about them, because I actually secretly quite like them. Um, let's talk about the away kit. Uh, thoughts on this? It, for me, it, so it's basically, it's kind of a sort of a, a very dark sort of maroony red with a sort of reddy orange trim to it. But then this weird patching diagonal lines almost very dark navy maroon as well and an orange bit on that as well to me it looks like a little bit like liverpool's kit from the other season made into a training kit i'm not i'm not against it quirky bradford city kit to me yeah yeah i I, want to see it in the flesh because the on the video the club released brennan dickinson if you pause it it looks quite dark, mm. but on on the picture with uh, I think it's Moxon and Dickinson yes, modelling yeah. it, it looks a bit lighter. So you know, I mean, it's one of those I'd want to see it in the flesh to get the true colour. But do you know what it reminds me of? And it's just come to me when I've been looking as we're uh, recording. You know, you get those books, uh, classic pub carpets. Yes, it's <laughs> yes, one of those, it does. Isn't it? it does. It looks like <laughs> a pub carpet yeah. design. Yeah, I'm. I'm not 100 percent against the away kit. I'll be honest here. You can imagine an away kit. In, in in the red lion and the, you know where the <laughs> yeah. traditional carpeted area is just yeah. being on the floor. Well, away kits are going to be like that. They're going to be a little bit different, a little bit wacky. And that's fine. We're trying something a bit different on away kit. Mm. I, I'm not 100 percent against the away kit. I'll buy it for my collection, but I'll probably never wear it. If I'm, if I'm honest, it's it, it's okay. Basically, is what I would say with it. Um, Let's move on to the goalkeeper kits then. So your goalkeeper kits are both the same design but different colours, aren't they? So the the home goalkeeper kit is like a... What do you say? It's, is it a luminous green or a luminous yellow or sort of a cross between? Yeah, it's the like two, high-vis isn't it? jacket colour, isn't it? Yeah, basically. With sort of these black like dashes all over, isn't it, basically? Going off in different directions. I'm going to put it out there. Short sleeve version of that would would make an all right away kit. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I don't even think it would as an outfield kit. What do you think, Dan? Well, with away kits, if it was me, I'd have a traditional one year and a wacky the next, just to sort of mix <laughs> it up. I mean, you know, you, you can have a bit of fun with an away kit. You know, look look at our famous ones: the mm. deck chair, the, the Stobart deck chair, even the gold Stobart kit. You know, the the, the ve- first time we had any year when we had the green and red, red with the white, you know, I mean, they were different, you know, you, you can get away. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, so the, the away goalkeeper kit is, is white, but with blue dashes. Now, if you reversed that kit, would that make quite a tidy home kit as well? Almost looking back towards the, you know, the early 90s, remember the, it, the, the bird shit kit? Is it, is it, is it white? Because when, when you, if you look at the picture... The, the club image, it, it looks, looks more like a... It's blue, isn't it? Pale like blue. A, pale blue, but actually, if you look at the video... Oh, is that the blue making the white look pale blue? Possibly. If you actually, I think I'm, mm, trying to load, yeah. I'm trying to load the video here on my own computer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty well, sure... No, if, you, if, you, if you look at the picture, which advertises the back of the shirt sponsor, which we'll come on to in a minute, yeah. it looks more white. Yes. Yeah, that's, sorry, that's the one I was trying to find, yes. So the, the back of the shirt sponsor, if you look at that... Um, it, it definitely looks like it's white. I, I, we had a white goalkeeper last year, which I didn't like, but I think this has a white keeper kit because he's got the blue dashes. It's actually not too bad. I think it's quite smart, really. And I think the goalkeeper kits are all right. <laughs> I genuinely like It's the home kit. I just can't get on board of it. I don't know what it is, but mm. it's definitely blue and white, is it, actually, when you see the kit on with the with the advertising mm. thing. And like I said, if you switch the white and the blue around on that, I'd probably make a fairly smart home kit. If you want to do something a little bit different, you know, but... But there you go. Um, well, as you mentioned there, Dan. Sorry, actually, one more thing. Actually, when you look at the kit, the photos when they're advertising the kits on or modelling the kits on the website, neither of the keepers are wearing uh, boots. I don't know if uh, Thomas <laughs> Thomas Hurley's going to be wearing, you know, uh, black formal shoes like that linesman did. In, uh, also, League. one other thing is the warm up. Oh kits. God, no! Don't don't talk about them. <laughs> they are, they might be genuinely one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah, I, they I'm, are honestly. Awful. I'll take the home kit over them. They are appalling. It, it looks like someone has been sort of wearing like a normal training kit and then someone's just come past them and just like thrown a bucket of green paint well, on them. Have you ever seen those um, the shirts that have appeared on Facebook? Some company selling them like Hawaiian shirts with a big Clay United logos all over them and stuff like that. Yeah. It's basically like, it's like one of them, isn't it? Yeah. I can tell you someone who will definitely buy that training jacket. And he's one of our listeners, Greg Bullman. We know, we know you're going for it. He's already we know got it. I, oh, hundred percent. You'll be in the queue right now. Pick him one up. Disgraceful. I don't, I don't like to criticise the club needlessly, yeah. but it's a tad disappointing that I've just logged on to the Blue Store. Mm. It's six, just after six o'clock on kit launch day. We launched it six hours ago, and there is nothing. I mean, it is exclusively on sale to season ticket holders, isn't it, tonight, I think? Or is it tomorrow, that is? Tomorrow. But tomorrow. So maybe that's why. You still put the pictures up. Coming but, soon. But when, like, yeah. when you go on the website, there's a link. I'll say it's keep an eye on our online blue store. Come, come on, commercial team. I know there's changes in that department. Yeah. The bedding in. At least have the pictures up and come in soon underneath. Yeah. Just yeah, put yeah. the pictures and the prices. I'd agree, you know. yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Well, before we uh, move on to, uh, we're going to get some of your questions in again on the second half of the show. Um, one more little other thing that's come out in terms of the kit news today is um, we've got a, a new back of shirt sponsor, haven't we, Dan? Yes. Uh, Story Homes. Yeah. Uh, it was rumoured a few weeks ago, wasn't yeah. it? And it sort yeah. of went quiet. I'm guessing someone who works at Story Homes is maybe mentioned it in the pub to someone and you know yeah. it's it's went round and it's quietened off and then it's uh come back on 
Well, there has been talk that uh, that Simo's certainly been trying to lean on Fred for a bit of help for the club and stuff, isn't there? I think mm. in recent months. So fantastic that you know Story are getting back a bit more heavily involved in the club. Definitely, you know, having them on the shirt can maybe be a, a good thing. And uh, interesting looking at the back there. It looks like the football league. Um, Numbers are now going to be sponsored, or not sponsored by, but they've they given a sponsorship space to the British Red Cross instead of uh, mine this season. That's it, because mine was the numbers, wasn't it, for quite a few years? They had a little the yeah, squiggle yeah. logo, didn't they? Mm. So a little bit of a change there, isn't there as well? So so there you go. So yeah, kits-wise, we're all sort of in agreement. We don't particularly like the home kit. I think I probably hate it more than most by the looks of things. Away kit, we can give or take because it's, you know, it's an away kit. Goalkeeper kits, we all quite like, even though they're absolutely mental, but there you go. Um... Right, I think that pretty much covers the first half of the show, doesn't it, lads? Yeah. We'll be back in just a sec. We'll be answering a few more of your questions. This is John Mellish. You listen to the Brunt and Bugle. There he is, big bad John. Number 22 this season, isn't he? Move from number 12. Well, we think, we think. It's not confirmed. I mean, it, it, it's near enough confirmed because Amari yeah, Patrick has yeah. confirmed that he will be Did, number 10. I think, I think one of our listeners, Nick Blando, uh, I think he highlighted... Is it the date his child was born on? Possibly. Yes, I think in the twenty yeah. second his child was born on. Yeah, so that's yeah. He's got so number, so. that's 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 why. Yes, yeah, so there's been a few numbers move around. Moxon's got number four, hasn't he? Obviously, Edmondson we know has got mm. number nine, and Patrick's going to be number ten. Dennis took Abraham's fourteen. Yes, and uh, Gibson has moved to number seven as well for taking Joe Riley's number five. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned, Breeze number thirteen. Toby Shaw Silver sixteen from twenty four. Yeah. I think the rest of them are just sort of slotted in now. They, they just yeah. tighten them all up to bring them all so they're yeah. in one set. We, we, at the moment, the only, the only two proper numbers left are 6 and 20. Yeah. And you would imagine if Debit signs, I would imagine he would be 20 because he's double 10. Yeah. Mm. yeah Players exactly. are weird like that, and Yeah, and 6 will be a centre-back one day, whoever comes in. You would think so, yeah. Out. Yeah. But yeah, so if Devitt comes in, he interesting stato fact here. If Devitt comes back in and obviously he takes a new squad number, he will have had four different squad numbers for us, which are 11, 10, 17, and number whatever he'll be taking, which will draw him level with Amari Patrick, who's now got had, uh, four different numbers, which are 40, 30, 11, and 10. And, um, and in the lead is Peter Murphy, who had three, four, six, seven, and 13 during his spell with the club. You don't see players changing numbers that much, that often, really. Especially someone who's been in there the whole time, do you, really? They, they usually get one and stick with it. So, mm. interesting. That it's, one, u- really. it's usually only if a player comes in with a preferred number yeah. and there's already someone wearing that shirt. I always think of it, I was always mental when he wore number seven when he was playing as like a left-back or a centre-back, really, mm. Murphy. But they, yeah, mm. we're, we're sticklers for traditional numbers, aren't we? It's fair <laughs> to say. Uh, well, what, right. what are your goal, what, just quickly, what are your goalkeeper numbers? One and thirteen. One thirteen, and you say twenty five, but I I sometimes go higher and go like mental like mental like thirty three or something like that. I I, I'm, I'm a one thirteen and twenty five, but I think twenty one's acceptable. Yeah, because it's got a one in it. Eleven <laughs> would be silly. Twenty one isn't. Yeah, so, yeah. Totally anyways, right. move on from that. Um, well, as just a reminder, obviously you can. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast through all good podcast apps, whether that's Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. If you can leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts as well, that'd be fantastic. A five-star review especially would be lovely. And uh, you can follow us on social media at Brunt and Bugle on Twitter and Instagram. Just search for Brunt and Bugle on Facebook and click like. Uh, we're also on the Be Just on Fear Not group on Facebook. We're on the Cummins.net message board. And you can find us on email, uh, bruntandbugle at gmail.com. 
Well, let's do your questions then again. So last week, I think we we got through, was it all down to um, some of the grounds bits, I think it was last time. Did we cover all those? I can't even remember if we did, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I think, I don't know what we covered ranking Lito away days last time for the ground section, did we? You'd, you'd organise these very well, Dan, to be fair. So, um, in fact, no, there's two questions in the grounds. We, we only covered two of them. We covered the one about no object upgrade, which is Greg Bullman's question, and Luce Ridley's uh, best away end in the Football League. So, Let's start out with um, Lewis's other question that he sent us. This is a really good one, Lewis. Um, if slash when we leave BP, which current stadium would you most like uh, our new one to be like? So do you want to go first with this one, Mike? Um, that's a good question, isn't it? Um, for me, I wouldn't want an all-seater. I think standing has to be yeah. an option. Um, I would say the Diva Stadium in Chester, but bigger. Okay, because that's it's, I mean, I, I say it's relatively new. It's it's not really anymore. But <laughs> twenty five uh, years old. Now, isn't it? <laughs> as far as football stadiums go, it's newer than, than than a lot of them. But yeah, I'd have to have Terrace in for me. I, I, I don't like this soulless, characterless oh, all seater bowls. Let's let's take out the, the, the Terrace bit. Let's presume that you can put safe standing into a seating stand at another stadium that already exists. So. What stadium would you go for then? Because I'm not having Chester as your company <laughs> you wanted to move to. Because I've been there a few times and it's not great. Just, just the, I'm, I'm going to use my imagination this as well. But imagine you could put some safe standing or something behind one of the goals, something in, in any other stadium. Which would you pick? Uh, I've always been quite impressed with Huddersfield. Because yeah. uh, it, mm. it, although it's sort of, you know, an all-seater sort of bowl, it has a little bit more to it than that. Yeah, um, and I can't put my finger. Obviously, it's got like the arch, hasn't it? That Wembley sort of stole. Um, if, if you're saying Huddersfield, you'd probably put Bolton quite similar, even though it's yeah. more enclosed than Huddersfield. Mm. Bolton's different as well in the sense obviously it's enclosed, you say, but Huddersfield as well, it's kind of built into, like you say, the bowl of the ground, isn't it? Into the hill as well, because mm-hmm. you come yeah. down from the back, don't you? That big away end when you're there. That's a good shout, though, Huddersfield. It's, I do like it as a, as a sort of, again, not that newer ground, is it? It's similar age to the deepest end, 25 mm. years old on. So, yeah, that, that's a that's a decent shout there. What would you go with, Dan? Well, I me and you have talked about this loads of times. Yeah. Mine's a Mongol, because it takes elements of different grounds. <laughs> I'd have a proper terracing home end, like Halifax. Yeah, If it had to be in the safe seat style, not a problem. But well, that sort of size, you know, a proper yeah. tennising with a roof for noise, flags up at the back, where, where, where youngins make noise and that. Where the east stand is, I would I would have, similar to where we sit at Rochdale. Yeah. Just sort of a one tier, maybe a little bit bigger, about 4,000. Not quite as big as the east stand, because I think yeah. it's slightly too big. Across between the east stand and that Rochdale side, uh, what works end, I would just have like a... 2000 seat uh, Walsall, Scunthorpe, etc. Well, like, the, like that stand behind the, the goal at Rochdale that's all seated. <laughs> so something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of them. And for the main stand, I've always liked uh, the double tier one at Wickham. Mm. But I would look to try and keep Tennyson on the bottom tier instead of seats. Yeah. Then you have then you have your row of exec box facilities and then you seat your traditional main stand seats above. Yeah, I think well, that would be a, a decent ground. Good, good mishmash there. Don't, don't There'd like be that. a bit of something for everyone, you know. Yeah, I, you know, what? I'm, I'm really struggling with this one because I've not. I've heard a lot of people have said. I mean, a few people I've seen said Doncaster. A, bit, a lot of people say Rotherham, and 
Do you know what? I'm not that big a fan of it. No, uh, that'll end when he's busy. Yeah. When, was it when me and you were there? Me, me and you were there. I think it was it Lee Miller or Matty Robson got sent off. I can't remember who it was. The food queue was crossing the queue for the toilet and that, and there wasn't much space in the way. And actually, oh, it's quite high, isn't it, as well? It's quite high. Like, and also, mm. it's a bit steep, which gives you a good view, but... Mm. There's not much legroom in those seats as well. If you can have a seat in there, it wasn't. I mean, me and you were both struggling there, but we in terms of we had to stand up for most of it. I'll, it was... I'll give you a fantastic ground. Milton Keynes Stadium's fantastic. Yeah, but they're, they're a bunch of assholes, so they don't count. <laughs> no, no, that's that's fair enough. Um, it's a tough one. Yeah, like I said, I've not. I've not, Rotherham is one that a few people said. Like he said, I'm not as fussed on that one to be honest. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go for a lot of what Rochdale have got, but upgrade that stand like you, that stand behind the goal. I'd make something a bit better, something like Exeter have got maybe, like their big bank behind mm-hmm. the ground, or something like. I'd basically take but, the elements of Rochdale, but stick that big bank and and maybe different stand opposite, you know, the main stand, something different, possibly. You see some nice ones in places like Holland, don't you? Some tidy little sort of smaller grounds, yeah, don't you? Yeah. I think they 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 do really good, like the fifteen, sixteen thousand seat uh, stadiums. So maybe one of those. But but yeah, it's yeah, it's a tough one because a lot of the new build ones aren't that great, are they? Really, they're a bit samey, mm. samey. So yeah, it's a good, good question that one. Get get one thinking really. Interesting to see what other fans' views are on that one. Um, games and opponents. Um, so Nick Brown, our good friend Nick Brown, has asked us, the worst game you've stood slash sat through, the one where you've really questioned everything. Why am I here? Why do I even like football? Why am I doing this to myself? Oh, there could be there could be a few on this one. Do, Mike, do you know something? We could probably on. do a special episode on this. We mm. could do, but let's have a couple quickly. Let's have a quick fire one on this one. Go on, Mike. Have a, have well, a go. I, I had one. It was away at Scunthorpe under yeah. Greg Abbott, and I think we were, lo- we were losing 2-0, and then we conceded the third in like the 88th minute. And this is the one and only time that I've ever left the ground early. I always stay till the end. And I left the ground early because I thought, I'll get ahead of the traffic. Um, and I get, in, <laughs> I, get, I get in my car and there's a jobs worth steward like you can't leave the, the car park till after the full time whistle and I'm like <laughs> but oh, I just want to go home and he's like no you, you, can't, you can't leave and I was, just, I was <laughs> devastated yeah one of those ones isn't it really Dan you, you'll have a few for this one Dan I'm sure a couple of older ones I can remember an end of season at Scunthorpe where we got beat 4-0 I think it was, and it was yeah. good grief what is going on here uh, 6-0 at Berry in the early 90s. Was that 6-0 at half-time? 6-0 at half-time. Yeah. I don't want to say the 6-0 at Rochdale because it was actually a... It was, wasn't it? Day. It was an enjoyable day out, weirdly. Everyone just thought, sod it, let's just have a good day out, you know. Yeah. Uh, Sutton last season, recent ones. Sutton yeah. was abysmal last season. Yeah. Sutton, uh, Sutton's up there, definitely. Yeah. If, if I sat down and went through the fixture lists... I could come up with, oh, do you know something? Leave this one with me. I'll pick a couple extras well, out the yeah, next time. Let's, let's tell you what, let, let's, do an, let's do a special on that one. Let's talk about our worst <laughs> days watching Kyle United. It'll be quite fun, well, we, that we one. Could, we, we could do, like, best and worst, couldn't we? Yes, yes, from, let's from do that. Decade type let's do that. I mean, off the top of my head straight away, I mean, I, I would have said the Accrington 3-0 one, but it was quite entertaining how angry the crowd got at that one. 
Oh, maybe a, sort of especially as well, the players coming off. Oh, down was it not three one at the end? Three one. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Kyle Dempsey yeah. scored later. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But but the players had to come off in like the corner of the ground, didn't yes. they? And it was Kyle Alphans yeah. both sides of that corner. And I've never seen our fans get such a hostile reception yeah. off the pitch, which they deserved, to be yeah. fair. The, the players get the hostile reception, not the fans. I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're giving it back to us. Um, yeah, <laughs> just quickly, mine, the Sutton game, 100% Dan. I mean, my, my profile picture is now a photo of me from half-time of that game, which tells you all you need to know. Um, and probably that nil-nil Barnet game that we went to. We took ages to get in, and it was just nothing happened. I was like, mm-hmm. why have I spent so much money to come down to London to watch this absolute tripe? Mm. It was awful, that one. Mm. Absolutely awful game. Well, there you go, Nick. You're going to get a special out of that one. That's how good your <laughs> question was. There you go. Um, Fish Island Blues. As a Southern-based CFC fan, I always dream of a cup draw at Arsenal away. Oh, I love been, this one. Never been to the ground. What's your dream third-round FA Cup draw? I'm convinced we will get Old Trafford in my lifetime and win it, so that should happen next season. What are we going for then? Dan, go on. You go what? first. I'm going to split third round, the question into first and third oh, round. There we go. Go on. So, first round... Dover away via Paris. Yeah. Pen, Penzance or Truro. And then you're looking at Isle of Man. Isle of Man. Thank you. I was going to yeah. say Isle of Man. Yeah. Isle of Man was yeah. definitely mine. One of Absolutely. those would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to third round, Newcastle away, Man United away are obvious chances. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham's new ground would be a good one, I yes. think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And one London ground I've never been to somehow, Chelsea. Yeah, Well, Mike, what do you reckon? Uh, for me, it, I mean, for years it was either Liverpool or Man United, and we've played Liverpool, so Man, Man United, isn't it? It's got to be it's the biggest money spinner as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I, I think I'd hundred percent agree. I think Man United or Newcastle definitely for me. Or Newcastle because it would have a little bit of local edge to it. Maybe I'm obviously they don't really care because they're the richest club in the world now. Um, Man United because you know it's, it's all Trafford is legendary. I kind of want to say Man City, but I just know we'd get absolutely battered. I don't really <laughs> want to go and watch us get battered somewhere. Like, uh, hi, 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 <sighs> can you play your under 18s, please? <laughs> oh, then Liam Delap turns up. Oh, great. Yeah, um, but yeah. Um, yes, I'm not, not even them. I, I'd give you Tottenham's new ground. I think I'd love to go there. I think it looks amazing. Yeah, I don't yeah. think even the Emirates, I'd agree with um, the Fish Island Blue said that. Emirates would be a fantastic. Um, em- Emirates, Emirates is a good stadium. But Tottenham makes it look outdated by all accounts. Yeah, it does now. It does now, doesn't it? Because it, it's at that next level. Everyone who's been there for whatever sort of event, NFL, boxing, or football, said it's an amazing ground. So, so yeah, definitely, I'd agree with you there. I'd, I'd want one of those. We've um, got a Beaver Town Brewery on site. That's amazing. Yeah, incredible, isn't it? Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think I think a bit in agreement on that one. Um, maybe Villa Park would be a decent one to do. Actually, never. Do you know something? There. I nearly just said Villa. It's one of those. I think we'd take a good number too because Birmingham's not too Pretty far easy, for yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. So there you go, Fish Allenby. That's uh, our FA Cup uh, third round thoughts. Mike Kilner, uh, you can reprieve three former league clubs now playing in non-league pyramid and bring them back to face Carl in League 2 next season. Who do you bring back and why? This is a good question as well. I like this one. Um, Dan, you can go this one because you know, you, you know about all the, uh, the, the former league clubs and things like that. I'm going to be quite boring, but... Darlington and York because they were good away days yeah. I'd, I'd probably band them together it'd be nice to see Gateshead have a go yeah you know local game you know they'd get a, a bit of a, a, a bouncing support uh, do you know who else I'm going to go for go on 
gloss up North End. <laughs> and you're going to put them. Oh, come on. You, you just... You're just doing that because you want to mention the fact that you were on point. No, no, no. Right? Just, I, I, yeah. I feel I owe them uh, yeah, a bit of gratitude. So. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, that's yours. Um, Mike, are you going for? Yeah, I think Darlington and York are good shouts. And I go a bit more outside the box. It's obviously, local for us, like, is Southport. I was going to say think, Southport yeah. because, because I can get there for free on my work pass. So <laughs> if anything that makes my life cheaper, more than that. I'd agree. So I think Southport would be a decent one, actually. Yeah. And certainly an interesting one to, to have in the do league. You know, do you know, this is, this is before you two were born. Do you know what? Mm. They were a bit of a cup team. And I believe they exist again now. You can maybe tell me if I'm right or wrong. South Liverpool, they do. They're they're in the um, they're in the bottom at the very bottom league of the pyramid. I think the same league as mm. Isle of Man, possibly, or maybe not. They might be in a different split of the uh, divisions yeah. at the bottom there. But but yeah, they are in the in the bottom. I, th- I think they were also. always non-league, to be fair. But, yeah, uh, New Brighton, yeah, New Brighton. If you're talking that area. Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to re-establish New Brighton as a football club, and actually Tranmere could yeah, be encroach, yeah. encroaching in towards New Brighton actually because they're potentially moving up to Bidston, which is a lot nearer to New Brighton than um, mm. than Birkenhead actually. So that'll be interesting if they do move ground. Uh, yeah, Southport, um, Workington, just to rub Barrow's nose, isn't it? So we can say we have a proper Cumbrian derby against them instead of a uh, Barrow. Um, who else? Uh, um, I mean, I'm sure there's other teams I can think of. I mean, I'd maybe put Wrexham back in, just you know, just get it over and done with, because they're going to come up at some point anyway. And it's going to do our heads in. So, Are so they? there you go. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. Um, actually, York. No, York. You know what? Southport, York, and Workington. That's my free. There you go. Um, finish up with two uh, quick questions here. We've got some random ones of the questions left. Uh, David Harrison. With the Brunton pasty possibly making a return, are you happy it's coming back? Or are you not? If not, why? Straight off the bat here, I don't think I've ever had the Brunton pasty. So I haven't either. No, so we're not ones to talk You don't know what you're missing out. <laughs> By all accounts, so missing out on nothing. <laughs> no, I was going to say, you're not missing so out on anything. <laughs> Dreadful. I, I don't really care. I'm sorry, David. I've never had one. Doesn't Watch bother your me. mouth out, Lee Rooney. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, no, it was the greatest mix of leftovers, <laughs> I say. Yeah. And your meat quantity if you struck lucky and got the meat one ooh nice if you got the gristle and carrots and fresh air part <laughs> it wasn't so nice <laughs> oh yeah lovely lovely stuff final question Chris Foster someone we we know as well um, he wants us to play a game of snog Murray kill and uh, the three people he's picked for this Harry McCurdy Graham Wesley and um, that Bradford fan who was shouting I hate you while crying at Brunton Park um, what are we going for this go Mike you go first this well I would I would snog Harry McCurdy because if it wasn't for him Paul Simpson wouldn't have taken over and all the rest <laughs> of it um, I would kill that Bradford fan who is shouting <laughs> I hate you um, and I would marry Graham Wesley solely because if you ask my missus I am a nightmare to live with and I think that is what he deserves wow okay um, a little, little bit different I'm the same with McCurdy yeah. But I'd swap the other two round, and the reason being, the Bradford fan, I'd wind him up that much that he'd want a divorce, <laughs> and I'd just, I'd just be a complete pain and refuse. <laughs> and you kill Graham <laughs> Wesley. Who? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'd, I'd be the same. 
Um, I think I'd probably go the same as Mike, actually. I'd still carry Bugatti for the same reason. I'd, uh, I'd kill the Bradford family because I don't really care, to be honest. Um, and I'd, I'd marry Graham Wesley only so I could divorce him because I think he's quite rich, actually. So I might try to get a bit of money out of it. So, um, Gold digger. Yeah, gold yeah, digger be, uh, Rooney. Gold digger Wesley, Wesley Rooney. But um, there you go. Um, that, that's it in terms of uh, fan questions. I think I don't think there's any we missed out last time, is there, Dan? I don't know. I'm trying to have a look through here. But it I, looks th- like I think them. there was a couple that there's potential for specials from. There was yes. quite a few on kits, which we've covered yeah. kits a bit. So, you know, we, we left those out. But, uh, well, quite yeah. an interesting little selection. Yeah, I think there was one about trialists as well, wasn't there? So, well, we'll be, we've got an, an that, episode. That, that, that reeks of a special for me. 100%. We'll definitely have a trial special at some point. We might even record next couple of weeks ready for those ones that are going to go out while I'm away. Um, okay, so it's now that time of the week to, to do the X-Files section and it, it's fairly busy one, isn't it, Dan? We've had a few few bits and pieces coming over the last couple of weeks in terms of players moving places and getting new contracts and things like that. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to have to do these in uh, date order for my roster. Yes, a bit different, yeah. Yeah. Uh, rounding up the internationals from the start of the month, uh, James Brown was an unused sub for Malta versus Estonia. Uh, Naki Wells played a full game and scored a goal. And Reggie Lamb played 86 minutes for Bermuda in a 3-2 defeat to Montserrat, who had Brandon Comley playing for them. More, More on, him on him in a, him in a second. <laughs> and Alex McQueen played 69 minutes for Grenada in a 5-0 defeat to the USA. Ah. Uh, James Trafford is re-signed for Bolton on a season-long loan for Man City, former academy keeper, obviously, we've mentioned before. Yeah. Uh, Heaton Stannington, signing of Luke Taylor. I think he was YTS at Carlisle, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. That, that don't a bit of a tenuous much. one, but yeah. it uh, it features. A uh, couple ex-Blues, uh, Michael Liddell and Alex Mitchell, sealed new contacts at Blythe Spartans. Uh, Brandon Comley, as we said, uh, signed a two-year deal at Walsall. Hmm. Interesting, isn't to... it? Because he wasn't hmm. good enough to play for us even towards the end of last season. He ended up at Dagenham, didn't he? Yeah, and he's got a two-year deal at Walsall. Fair yeah. play, lad. Uh, Radcliffe Butter signing a couple of well-known yeah. old boys, Luke Joyce and Nicky Adams. I mean, they, they must have a I little bit of money. Having, they must be having a go, you would think. Yeah, you think, well, their manager's Bobby Grant, isn't he? He was, mm. um, he was at Oldham, not, was it last season or season before? Yeah. Um, and yeah. he's been at a few clubs like Accrington and Wrexham, hasn't he, I think? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Notts County paid a fee for Kedwin Scott from Gator mm. on the two-year deal. Oh, I feel for Gator, don't you, really? Because they've got promoted with those two strategies. Yeah, teams, they've, so they've well. lost the two, yeah. Yeah. Got a bit of money, though, so that might help them, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jamie Proctor. Put pen to paper on a new deal at Port Vale. Mm. Uh, Crawley Town have given Ashley Addison a new contact. Contact? Contract. <laughs> contract, yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit of an interesting one here. Lee Miller. It's not Lee Miller. His son, Lennon, uh, signed his first pro contract at Motherwell. Obviously, dedicated it to his mum, who passed away a few years back. Mm. Uh, obviously, that happened when Lee Miller was at Carlisle. So... Uh, that would have yeah. been a, a proud emotional day. Yeah, any Carlisle fans might remember Lennon, actually, because he's, he's played football on the Carlisle pitch, because he was one of those, after the games, or even before the games, he was having a kick about on the pitch quite often, wasn't he? Yeah. Back in the day, yeah. yeah. And one that's come in as we've been recording, mm. Richie Bennett's back at Barrow. Yeah. Interesting mm. one, this one, isn't it? It's a bit out of the yeah. blue, really, wasn't it? It was, uh, 
Yes, certainly didn't see it coming. I think it's fair to say so. No, he's, no. Uh, so he's turned up there. Um, one we obviously mentioned as well is about Roman Keig as well. It's a little bit yes, interesting. Yes, uh, it? that should probably have been in the news to be honest. Yeah, it? To be fair, but yeah. Uh, Roman Keig, uh, son of Tony, yeah, is the new academy goalkeeper coach. So best of luck to him. Yeah, really interesting one, isn't he? He's, I think he's done quite yeah. well, though, hasn't he? He's, uh, yeah. He's, um, yeah. He's been coaching a few different places, I think, yeah. so fair play to the And I, I think, obviously, as pre-season starting at clubs now, we'll, uh, we'll start to see a lot of players on the move. Uh, and anyone who wants to keep an eye on transfers, thoroughly recommend D3D4 yeah. on Twitter. They have a pinned tweet to their transfer page. It's every in and out in League 1 and 2. It's a fantastic resource. Yeah, definitely. Well worth looking at. Their, their podcasts are excellent, to be fair. Also, yeah, yeah. Give, give them a subscribe as well if you get the chance. Uh, but there you go. That's the XFL section wrapped up for this week's episode. Okay, so that's it for this week then, guys. Thanks very much for joining me, uh, Mike and Dan. Always a pleasure. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. And most importantly of all, up the blues. Up the blues. Up the blues. Every time you play, all our united, the team that's all.